It's the WP Minute Plus, your home for long-form discussions around the WordPress ecosystem, deeper insights and conversations that you won't find on our short-form WordPress news podcast. We'd love your support. Head on over to the wpminute.com support to donate a $5 virtual coffee, join the membership for $79 a year, purchase a classified listing in our newsletter, or get a video review of your product. The wpminute.com support. Support independent WordPress media. The wpminute.com support. Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of WP Product Talk. Um, my name is Matt Cromwell and I am uh, one of the co-founders of GiveWP and uh, have been building products in WordPress for uh, eight, nine years or so. I need to just figure out the number and stop like guessing. I feel like every time that comes up, I, I have to scratch my head. It's like asking me how old my kids are. Um, <clears throat> but, um, and um, I like to be able to talk about products and how to grow them and how to do better with them uh, in WordPress specifically. And uh, another person who likes to do that is Katie Keith. Um, Katie, you want to tell the world about yourself? Yep. So I'm Katie, CEO and co-founder at Barn2 Plugins. Um, we've been selling plugins since 2016. You see, Matt, I don't have to do maths if you just say the year. And um, I like um, working out um, new ways to um, sell the plugins and build the business and also help other people with their own WordPress product businesses as well. Exactly. And this is WP Prod Talk, where we talk about all those things. And we bring somebody smart and intelligent who uses years also um, uh, to talk about the subject. And today we have the benefit of having Andrew Palmer with us. Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. I'm Andrew Palmer. I'm the co-founder of Bertha.ai, but I used to run ElegantMarketplace.com, which I sold to InMotion. So sold a lot of plugins, helped a lot of vendors um, sell their plugins as well, including WP Feedback, which is now Atarim.io. And uh, I'm joined by little Bertha. So there you uh, go. Say hello. That's excellent. Nice. Oh, my goodness. That's some good swag right there. Um, there's some child in the world that has that and is choking on it right now, probably. It's it's unique. It's the, first, <laughs> it's the only one. She's the only one. Ah, are you going to do more? No. Okay. That's invaluable. If you do sponsor something, though, then you should do. That is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it's She's great. She's handmade and um, she looks great, doesn't she? That's amazing. That's fun. So if you, um, if you haven't figured it out yet, the subject today is artificial intelligence, uh, specifically using AI to grow your WordPress product business. Um, and um, it's a subject that, of course, is trending and interesting because of ChatGPT and things like that. Um, I've been really fascinated just digging into it all and finding out how long of a history artificial intelligence actually has in tech. It's not really a new thing at all. It's just getting a little bit more consumer oriented as of recent. Um, so uh, we brought Andrew on to talk about it because he's the one who's really um, been doing this in his product. Um, not the only one, but one of the big ones. Um, with uh, Bertha AI in particular. Um, and uh, I'm excited to, to jump in and see how things are going. Uh, if you're watching right now, uh, thanks for being here. And um, you can reach out to us and ask your questions as well. And we'd like to answer them on screen. So feel free to add them into uh, whatever chat box you might happen to have in front of you, YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitter maybe. Um, or on Twitter, we're also watching the hashtag WP Product Talk. So, um, 
any and all ways to reach out is fair game. So topic first is why is this an important subject for WordPress product owners? Uh, artificial intelligence in the product. Um, who wants to jump in first? Let's let's let let's let Andrew be last on this one um, because uh, I can tell you that so far my experiences are very small, but I just see tons of tons and tons of potential. I've been hearing lots of people talk about ways that they might want to implement it. Um, Andrew was just telling me about some conversations he had about LearnDash on on my side of things. Um, I can tell you that um, I'm not going to go into detail, um, but Cadence is working on some really interesting things with artificial intelligence right now. Um, I personally have just been using it mostly for content generation type ideas uh, for marketing purposes. Um, I've tried to imagine ways that it might be helpful to nonprofits um, and donations, but I haven't been able to figure out the best way to leverage it there. Um, but um, I just see it as a, a, a huge potential, lots of opportunity um, for, for products in general. If, it, if, if, the, if the shoe fits, of course, it really depends on the product. Um, so I can keep it short. Katie, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's basically the trending topic um, of the last few months, isn't it? You really couldn't put anything in tech that was trending more than AI right now, um, triggered, of course, by chat GPT, but in no ways limited to that. And I think um, for WordPress product businesses, it brings um, two different areas of opportunity. One applies to all of us, which is the internal um, workings of our business. And there's lots of different opportunities that we need to think about how it changes our working processes, whether that's marketing, coding, design, or anything else, really. It has so many different strands to it that we all need to think about. And in addition to that, there's the opportunity for AI-related products, which is what Andrew, of course, um, is at the front line of at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. If there was, if you didn't see, we Andrew and I had a fun tweet thread comment last week of how I generated the description of this podcast with, I think, five different um, AI platforms. Um, and I will say, I think it was one of the best podcast descriptions I've ever written for sure. And I think it just was like, it felt like I had like four different editors standing over my shoulder. I was like, man, I better get this right. So um, Andrew, what's your take? Why is this so valid, relevant, important for WordPress product owners right now? Well, for WordPress product owners particularly. So let's let's just analyze who a WordPress product owner is. They're generally a, a freelancer that want, wants to scratch their own itch. So they build a plugin. Mm -hmm. They know pretty much nothing about marketing. They don't know how to do a strategy. Uh, they don't know how to write a blog post or they don't know what to, to write about. They don't know how to do some research maybe. So with AI, you can basically write a blog post about how do I solve this particular issue with this particular plugin. And the AI will cut, will give you some marketing ideas. How do I build a strategy around the plugin or how do I do, build a marketing strategy around it? You can literally ask, um, in my case, Bertha.ai has got chat as well. So you can ask in the chat, how do I build a strategy for this particular plugin which solves this particular problem, right? Mm -hmm. And that, and, and she'll come up with the answers for you. And there's many other um, AIs out there. Most of them actually uh, are, layer our application layers on top of open 
AI. Mm -hmm. um, so we're all using GPT-3, including Bertha. And we're using a couple of other engines because OpenAI has had its own problems over the last few weeks. I mean, ironically, Microsoft put $10 billion into them. Um, and they did a similar thing with Skype. And about three weeks later, Skype just crashed. So um, it's just ironic. And it's, it's, I'm sure it's a total co coincidence. But OpenAI has been crashing pretty much every day for the last week and a half. So we've mitigated that by using a different system. So when OpenAI crashes, we automatically swap across to another application, which is uh, it's not perfect, but it's, you know, it's getting there and it's working for us. But the for product vendors like Katie, you know, when when Katie first started, suddenly had the spring of the you know the, this fresh idea about what she wanted to do. Katie, what was your biggest problem? It was looking at a blank piece of paper, saying, "How do I describe this as a solution? How do I get it across that it's a cost-effective solution? Why would somebody want to install something that they don't know will is going to work for them on their own WordPress install?" And I think that's the benefit to to vendors. Let's not forget that Pippin's Pippin himself, when when Pippin's plugins were were sorted, when he built Easy Digital Downloads, I don't think he ever imagined that he'd have a you know a hundred thousand users or fifty thousand users or whatever, and the support that goes along with that. So what's happening now, particularly with Aaron Edwards, who you had on last week um, at Ugly mm -hmm. Robot on Twitter. He's now developing a system where people can easily upload their data for their help files or their FAQs or their knowledge base. And then that will build a, a chatbot that's specifically within their um, um, help desk. And that will be mm -hmm. first line of defense, if you like. So, you know, yeah. the, the, the power of AI to help uh, product vendors be bigger than they actually are even when they're first starting is quite amazing. So we've always said as, as, as plugin developers, and in fact, I remember having a conversation with Katie months ago when I bought one of her, her plugins a year ago, even where I couldn't do something. And it's because I didn't read the manual. And really mm -hmm. what, what I should have done is just looked at, as you said, in the nicest, nicest possible way, read the manual, you know, so it was, and if you have any problems, you can't read the manual, come back to me. And yeah. that's the issue is now we don't have to read the manual because we can ask a chatbot, how do I get over this issue? Um, we can ask a chatbot how to read the manual for us. Yeah, we're building stuff for... <laughs> they for lie though, people. don't they? They make stuff up. Yes. They think well, every plugin's on WordPress.org, for example. If you train them properly, Katie, you know, if you train yes, your, your bot on all your documentation... Then it, then it will produce an answer for the user to say, how do I do this? Or I've got a problem with this. And, and it will analyze and it will generate some text and say, well, this could be the problem. Go here and, and actually produce a link to the, to the part of the knowledge base that people need. So anybody that's got a highly developed knowledge base, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll take advantage of, of us and, and of what Aaron's doing and building them a chatbot that will be their first line support. Which would be great. That's, that's one of them. Didn't he show that to us, Katie, after afterwards, right? He didn't bring it up. Did he bring it up during the show? No, he asked he actually asked me to talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're we're technically mean, competitors, but I mean I love what Aaron's doing. He's he's yeah. he's doing similar to stuff to us because it's all in open AI, you know, so we yeah. can we can train on models and stuff like that. But you know, effectively, if I'm a sole plugin developer 
or plugin vendor, my life has now changed because I now know how I can now got somebody to help me do the marketing, which is AI driven. And I've got somebody to, to be my first line of defense, which is AI driven. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've also got product development if I decide to use Codex to help me write my code. Um, you know, so there's lots of things going on with AI that will help uh, all software product developers, actually. But in the mm -hmm. WordPress community, we are I'm seeing lots of people write lots of little plugins to just help themselves, actually, rather than just sell them on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he, he actually showed it to us after we had, like, turned off the recording and it, i was like this is something that i want like for, yeah. especially for any of the stellar products uh for our documentation section or one thing we do on the give side um on the support form is we we before you can even see the form it says hey like here's a, a quick search of our docs like is your answer um, is your question answered here um i could totally imagine um having the chat box there first um, and then it's like, have I answered your question? And you're like, no. Okay, then you can fill out a support ticket. Um, well, can you can you imagine in the future that you'll actually be talking to an AI generated avatar? So I would like to just imagine me as the avatar, and you ask me, you can verbally ask me a question via whatever medium you're you're doing, and you need I to will hold up your hand created bot right there. That that yeah. that one is the chat bot. Yeah. Yeah, a, a live chat. Yeah, where, where's your where's your birthday bot? Where'd it go? That's the one. We we oh, should imagine one. we're all talking to the birthday bot. Yes. She, I don't she know. She says no. She says Katie, what do you think? Does that? I'll is make that one. Kind of I'll make one for your daughter, Katie. I know that you're just you're eyeing it up. <laughs> I'm worried Does that you're the only one in the world. You have two business partners. They at least need one. I have one business partner and he's not getting it and he's got two kids. So oh, that's okay. it. Not having it. <laughs> Katie, what do you think if 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 all of our customers were interacting with uh Bertha bots um instead of technical support technicians? What do you think of that? In theory, yes. I have personally not seen it yet. All I have had is trying to talk to my bank or something and being frustrated. And because I think that a lot of um, people outside of WordPress have integrated this years before it was ready. And you would both have had that experience of these bots. And it's like, for God's sake, you can't do anything. Um, just t tell me let me speak to a real person so yes if the bots genuinely had that level of knowledge so that they could be a uh, first line of support just like a tier one support engineer would be then mm. i'm all for that and I'd, I'd like to spend some time testing the latest tools to see if they're at that stage yet i just haven't personally seen it yet because i haven't done that testing yeah the 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 term I keep hearing bantered around a lot is generative AI. And that to me is kind of why I can't imagine it actually answering super technical support questions quite yet. Because um, I think it's really challenging to <clears throat> generate actual actionable responses to technical problems based on the documentation as is. Now, of course, like what you were saying, you have to train them uh, to be smart enough to do those things. Um, we could literally inform the bot by the actual tickets um, and not just the online docs, like throw Help Scout at the whole bot and see what happens. 
um, that would be interesting. Um, well, because it's a lot of data. It's a ton of data. And there's plenty of times where we are training our technicians to use canned responses, uh, but to customize them to the situation. Uh, I imagine that's not that different from training an AI bot, right, Andrew? Absolutely not. So if, you, if somebody asks a question, it's a detailed question, because in support, I do support as well, and I'm sure Katie's done her fair share of support. It's, it's, it's like getting blood out of a stone from some people when they say it's not working. Well, not what's not working, right? So you, you then have to get an explanation from them. So one of the things that we're training the bots to do is to read the intent of the email, understand the frustration, because exclamation marks, um, uh, capital letters, all this kind of stuff, become come back empathically and say, I understand this, I understand the situation is not not making you particularly happy. However, if you would like to go to this part of our documentation, this this will probably help you. If it doesn't yeah. help you, then please come back to me and I'll get a live support agent to to deal with you. But also part of the the, the training is the live support agents have got masses of notes, solutions, whatever. Those can all go into the knowledge base as well. Those can all go into the training model. And eventually that first line. So, and, and lots of people will say, well, you know, what's going to happen to your first line support guys and girls? And you say, well, actually they'll become second tier and third tier. Mm -hmm. Their job mm -hmm. gets better because they are then dealing with real issues rather than yeah. I installed the plugin as a theme or I installed yeah. the theme as a plugin, you know, and we've all come across rather than just. Read the doc, Andrew, yeah, rather the than just that. It's been, you know, there's no CSS file there. Well, that's because you installed it as a plugin. But, you yeah. know, all those kind of things, and you've got to be sympathetic with them, uh, with, with people, because what we don't realize or what we don't really understand as technical people, you know, even the technical Twitter, and we're all into in support, and we're all doing, you know, the, developing these plugins, we don't actually understand what a non-technical person goes through day in, day out. You know, I had somebody install Bertha today on Chrome who's not, who's definitely not a technical person. And I saw some issues around the installation, which I thought was very, very simple. It's like two-click installation, where if, if there was, a, was an issue, that happily this person looked around and made sure that they got it right, but I've now seen a way to improve that for a non-technical, a totally non-technical user. We we assume too much sometimes as plugin developers and, and theme developers. So yeah. we make sure that we've we make it as simple as possible for people to install our stuff and use it. So and I've gotten yeah, I've gotten a little bit off script here just because it's interesting. I think we want to flesh out uh, the whole scope of what this is. But like if we have like one sentence, uh, why is this an important topic for WP product owners? Um, let's go around the horn and then we'll jump into story time. Um, Katie, why is this important for WP um, product owners? Because it's an opportunity for us all. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew? Uh, growth. That's it. Uh, give me two sentences. Short sentence. Well, it, it, it will help you grow as a developer, mm -hmm. a product owner, 
and a marketer. So it will help mm -hmm. you grow, basically. So and, and it will help your product grow. And if, if you integrate AI into your product, that will also keep it sticky as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Because yeah. people will, will want to use it every day. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, generally because <clears throat> keeping fresh, because I do see this as becoming a tool that is in everybody's tool chest going forward um, sure. in one form or another. So making sure you're on top of things going forward. Um, we have one question here, and I do want to make sure we highlight questions whenever they come up. Um, I'm not sure what this means exactly. Maybe, Andrew, you have any insight on this? Is there a plugin for that? Uh, not Microsoft. Well, uh, I mean, Bertha Chrome extension works with all Microsoft online products. So PowerPoint, um, Word, Excel, it, 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 you know, Bertha just works because she's in a web browser. She'll work with, with all the Microsoft Live products and Google Docs and things mm -hmm. like that. So anything that's web browsers, my, my, our, our extension, Bertha's extension, I know, because obviously I'm the owner of it. And um, I know that it works in any web browser with anything like Notion, Monday, um, mm -hmm. WordPress, Shopify, every, every web browser-based yeah. thing where you need to generate text or images. So it works in everything. That's why we nice. did it as a Chrome extension as well as a, a WordPress plugin. Nice. Cool. Keep the questions coming, folks. Um, <clears throat> I want to jump into story time. And I think uh, it's important um, when we are talking about our experiences to really say like openly, like I haven't built anything with AI to date. Um, but it doesn't mean I don't have insights into what products can do with them. So. Let's talk a little bit about our personal experiences of uh, using AI in different ways and um, and what that might mean for other folks. Um, Katie, you want to go first? Yep, sure. So I don't think it matters if you haven't built anything with it because of the two strands that we've got. Um, so it's about how um, you've used it to um, build your business and the businesses that you work with. So in my case, I personally use it partly for marketing and partly for just my own tasks. Um, with marketing, I, I use it all the time. I mostly use it to write uh, outlines for articles. I will always flesh them out myself using my product knowledge. I would never assign an article to a writer that came straight from ChatGPT, um, but it really does save time and also add ideas that I probably didn't come up with on my own. Um, I use it to rewrite things. I'm actually quite a good writer, but it still adds um, something that I've missed and can improve on the wording. That might be um, writing a sensitive email um, to a team member or something like that. It actually often, this makes me sound terrible, but it adds a human angle, which my own writing doesn't have. So the <laughs> robot is clearly more human than me uh, by adding humanity to the words. Um, wow, so I didn't know great. this was going to be like confessional time. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't be more specific um, than about the ways I've used it. Shoots from the hip. Are... Basically, that's what she's saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I use right. it for things like rewriting tweets. Often I don't mm -hmm. use what it comes up with because it's way too boastful or something, but it's interesting mm -hmm. to have another perspective. It's good for coming up with alternate headline ideas. And in fact, many of the headlines for the shows of this podcast, I used ChatGPT to draft and mm -hmm. chose, it, chose the best option. 
So those are ways that I use it. But as the um, business owner, I'm also uh, thinking about how my team can incorporate it. So, for example, at the moment, one of my developers is building some custom reports for our EDD sites and uh, about because we don't have the business information we need. So I've asked him to look at different AI tools um, in terms of speeding up that process and um, automating it and so on. I've talked to my marketing team about how they can be using it. And it's interesting because some people seem to be a bit threatened, whereas others are willing to embrace it. So I need to word it in a sensitive way. I'm not trying to do them out of their jobs. I'm trying to see how they can achieve even more um, mm -hmm. without, you know, having fewer people. Yeah. And um, we've had a new in-house designer start today. And I've also created a task for him to look at how maybe AI might help with image generation, particularly on like blog posts, social media posts, that kind of thing. So I'm thinking more widely about how it could be used within the business. And of mm -hmm. course, there's something that's not my area, which is the whole development side of things. And I haven't spoken yet with our plugin developers about whether they're using that and how they could use that in a positive way um, for their work. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, my experiences are very similar uh, in the sense uh, I'm a I'm a consumer. Um, I just uh, recently paid for ChatGPT just because I'm impatient and I don't want to refresh the screen 25 times and exacerbate their problems with server load. Um, <clears throat> but um, uh, I think one of the things I use it for, like many ways, I would just call it like an enhanced search engine because uh, for like a research purposes, <clears throat> recently I'm looking a lot into um, net promoter score uh, type stuff for uh, customer experience and support. Um, <clears throat> and I just have been um, asking uh, different chatbots, like uh, what's the best way to implement net promoter score on an existing customer base? Um, I like asking like human questions to the chatbot for them to give full responses. And sometimes I say, write three sentences on this, or I say, write three paragraphs on this. Um, one thing I, uh, I like on the way uh, Microsoft Bing has implemented it is it always uh, cites its sources. Um, I really like that a lot. Um, but I have found that their sources are usually three to four years old. Usually I haven't found them like citing new sources hardly ever, which is interesting. Um, and then um, even um, when I was putting together this description of this podcast, what I really liked in when I was using Notion, which I know that all these are all chat GPT, but the, their implementation makes it have a different experience, which is interesting. But when I did Notion, I said, write a paragraph on uh, podcast introducing Andrew Palmer uh, talking about WordPress products. Um, and it gave me a paragraph. And then I said, now rewrite that. Par I just told it, rewrite the paragraph above with a Fleischkincaid score of sixth grade. And it did it. And it was really good. I was really impressed. So like iterating on the responses as you go, uh, I think is really interesting. Um, so <clears throat> those are, those have been my experiences too. Um, I did try one. One of them was write a plugin on how I can implement SEO meta tags on my WordPress site, just to see if it would like you know make me compete against Yoast tomorrow. Like let's let's do that. Um, and it was like I can't write a plugin for you, but here's how you would do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
quite clever. Well, there's, code, there's codex. You know, you got codex. So how I use AI every day. Obviously, I'm you know we're I'm testing the plugins. Uh, I'm testing implementations as well. You know, as you say, we had a, I had I, you know I'm talking to learning management people all the time about it. You, you know, write me a course description. Uh, write me a lesson on a particular so you know i did the example i did for for um the meeting that i had with your guys was you know do me a course description on rock climbing and now give me 10 lesson titles for rock climbing from that from the lesson titles write the lesson on that that wrote the lesson so you know and, and every time i show the power of ai to people their their heads have get literally they go oh my goodness i've got to be able to use this so chat gpt is great don't get me wrong but it it's not the whole story you know there are many many um ais out there the, the ones that i don't like are the ones that will write you a two and a half thousand word blog post instantaneously from a from a thing i mm. think that's the wrong way to go around it i think the, you know we've got to use them as writing assistants so for today for instance i was in a coaching uh, day with a client who's a marketing manager of uh, a law firm that have seven separate offices. So we used rephraser a lot because we we did, we wanted to tell a similar story, but not the same on each website. And we also didn't want to get penalized for um, duplicate content. So we, we basically took some copy, rephrased it, put some localization in it with SEO, wrote some SEO meta, meta tags and titles and meta descriptions. And boom, you know, we've got the seven websites all different but similar because they're they're a similar brand. So that's the power of AI is that you can use the generative. And why it's called generative is to separate it, separate it from the AI of say Tesla that you drive a car, you know, that, that will drive a mm. car, or the AI that will will help a surgeon do a, a heart operation from miles away. So that, that's why it's pretty much called generative AI, because it is very specifically generating text and, and or images, um, which Bertha does both of in, in its own plugin and in the Chrome extension as well, and, and improving all the time on what we can get out of generative AI it, with prompts. So, you know, a new skill is prompt writing. Yeah. Uh, part of what makes our plugin better than anybody else, in my view, is that our prompts are excellent. You know, we spent four months writing prompts from a website owner's perspective, because we've built 4,000 websites between us, Vito and I. So we know what website owners want, or we felt we knew, and then we built the prompts, and then we're building more prompts and, and educating Bertha more and more, helping her learn the user as well. So that's the benefit that I've got from it. But I, you know, for instance, I'm now, I've got a, a web agency as well. I'm now offering very quick website builds with copy. Because mm. I can, and yeah. that's that's the benefit for a small um, web design agency or a web build agency. Go into your templating stuff, do rental websites if you like, or lease websites, and say, okay, you can pay pay for this over eighteen months. Here's your solution, Mrs. Florist, because you haven't got a lot of money. You know, you've literally got to sell a bouquet of flowers a month just to pay for this this website that's what it's going to cost you it's going to cost you 85 quid a month or 150 quid a month to run this website but you don't have to worry about writing copy you don't have to worry about local seo you don't have to worry about anything and also with uh, today you know with seven google business pages 
we had to make them all different. So we used AI to make them all different. Yeah. Yeah. Again, similar, but different. So that's where, where I'm using AI. I'm making sure that people um, can build their businesses locally, uh, make sure that the content is not duplicated, uh, but it says a similar message. And also, you know, building images around. Imagine building a blog post out and being able to generate images whilst you're building that blog post out as, as an yeah. example. You know, it's, it's crazy. That's, this is why yeah. it's so exciting. Just the product. Absolutely. It's a productivity tool, and that's what you've got to think of it mm -hmm. as. Yep. Good question here from Jim Ross. Um, do you think there are any ethical concerns with using AI in WordPress product businesses, and how can they be addressed? Um, I'll just say there's always ethical concerns about everything related to business, but um, anybody got a take on this? Katie, in particular, like copyright concerns, maybe, um, or? I have tried to check ChatGPT before, and I don't think it does plagiarize. It does what real writers do, which is combine things to create something new. That's actually how a lot of humans write, unless it's true mm -hmm. creative writing. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't found that sort of issue. Um, I did read about a story um it was, I think there was like a shooting or something and somebody got found out. Have you heard about this? That mm, it yes. said um, there was an email that somebody wrote and it said written by chat GPT at the bottom and everybody yep. was up and arm. Uh, sorry, that's a really bad phrase. Was really annoyed about that. And, yep. but then when I read it, it wasn't that the email content was wrong. It was that it was the, it was the, the principle impression. of, yeah, yeah. yeah but I think the writing was appropriate from what I could gather. So mm -hmm. it's more about people's um, prejudices, opinions, emotions. Uh, if they think that a robot has written them a, a sensitive email, they may not yeah. think it was genuine, even though actually yeah. it was. Um, because people think, oh, if it was written by AI, then the person had no true input into it, which is not the correct way to use it, of course, as we've touched yeah. on. Yeah, no, I mean, that email, it's like a special letter from our CEO and founder, and then at the bottom, generated by ChatGPT. Like, it just wouldn't go over very well. Um, <laughs> or generated with no. the help of that. You know, it, it depends whether or not the person is, um, you know, like Katie was saying, that she shoots from the hip. And so sometimes she might use ChatGTP or, so, or, or some, some other um, AI to... to gentrify it really yeah. or you know yeah. make, it, make it a little bit more gentle or more sensitive yeah. or empath empathic i don't know what the where, where's the ethical i don't i need to know what the ethical concerns are before yeah um, i answer that really i don't know what ethical concerns are around ai there's been a lot of talk about yeah. that it's got bias and and it's inbuilt bias because it's built by a certain demographic yeah. but it's uh, but it's also only scan 20 10 percent or 15 percent of the web anyway yeah. but the what, i think where this it? i think where Go jim's ahead. aiming at is um is it copying stuff so more of the ethical stuff is coming from the art okay. generation right? so from yeah. the image generation but when i go to college and i learn um about the renaissance and i learn about Greek mythology or Greek, you know, the Greek statues and sculpture and all that kind of stuff. I'm learning a style of production for 
um, a painting, for a sculpture, for a design, product designers, you know, Steve Ives or whatever, you know, the, the guy that designed the iPhone had ideas for years um, about how he would how he would put things together. He mm -hmm. was inspired by other artists or other creatives or other product designers. So with AI, all AI is doing is being inspired by everything that it's scanned, everything that's in its database. But because it's not human or it doesn't bleed when you cut it, it's mm -hmm. copying. It's not inspiration. Yeah. And that's that I think that's the key. But in, in, in the end, at the end of the day, generative AI can only produce what it's learnt just like a human being. We can only yeah. be as creative as we can be from learning how to be creative. There's never yeah. there's no spontaneity. I can't I'm not born and then held in a box for 20 years and then I suddenly come out as Van Gogh. Am I? Yeah. I can't. It's just impossible. Yeah. I've got to learn yeah. that process through education and inspiration from other things. So that's all generative AI. I think for me, yeah, for me, there's two two things that stand out as um, a little slippery slope ish. Um, uh, the first one is really on the generative <laughs> image side, uh, not so much content, but like the way that AI generates images. Um, specifically around concerns that all of our images are out on the web and all of our images might be used in ways that generate something that we might not like um, particularly well. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if something too closely resembles me, um, putting me in a position on an image that I don't want, like, uh, I, I don't love that idea. Um, uh, but I know that a lot of folks are already digging into some of those implications and what that might look like and how we might like somehow put tags into the meta of images to prevent that type of thing um, when it's your likeness um, and things like that. So I think that is something to keep in mind. Um, I have a really the other one is is on the content side um, and uh, specifically in education in the education realm. I have a funny story where my my 16-year-old um, was asked to write an essay um, comparing Jesus of Nazareth with Spider-Man. Um, I just thought it was a ridiculous prompt. Uh, I was like, I cannot believe this is like a 10th grade uh, prompt, but all right. I said, it's so ridiculous. I, I, I decided I'm going to show her ChatGPT. I said, you should just generate it from this. Um, then you should change it. Uh, it needs to be your own. But that is exactly where the 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 ethical side of things comes into play is if you if you do try to just pass off um, content that you're either paid for or it's supposed to be a reflection of your of your effort uh, 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 or uh, in in an environment excuse me in a educational environment um, you're trying to pass that off as your own when it's not um, I think those are ethical concerns that are really important um, especially even when it comes to like Learn Dash like all right, let's generate a whole course on how to write WordPress plugins with ChatGPT and then sell it for 25 bucks a pop. You could do that for sure. And you don't even have to edit it. I think the part, I don't think that would be ethically sound to do it that way. Um, you could, um, but I do think that there is also just the raw marketplace that will put you in check. Like, I don't think that people will enjoy that course particularly well and you might get a lot of refunds for it. Um, but uh, using it as a launching pad into thinking of ideas and 
putting together your own thoughts and actually crafting something uh, based on that is a different story. So those are my two ethical ones. Um, well, I th well, I was that the example you used from a, a school? Did they ask to compare Jesus to yeah, um, yeah. to Spine? Did yeah. they really? How, how very yeah. odd. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a religion course. So um, pardon me. It was a it was a religion course. So okay. <laughs> Still an odd thing. Thing anyway. is, none of these are specific to AI. The ethical concerns, plagiarism, mm -hmm. um, image mm -hmm. doctoring, uh, those mm -hmm. sorts of things. All of that it applies to life in general. Um, mm -hmm. So AI might AI might have exacerbated that, but we haven't really, I think, between us, come up with any issues that are specific to AI that are bringing new into the world that we haven't already had to tackle yeah. in some other way. I agree really, because really I don't. Poignant. I mean, I don't. I agree with you, Katie. There's nothing. There's nothing that hasn't been done by humanity, good or bad, that AI has yet to to recreate. Yeah. In, in, or, oh, yet to create something new that that would would cause somebody to say there's an ethical concern here yeah. because but we do human have to... beings naturally are biased they they have bias um and because of we've got bias ai has bias because it learns from humans right eventually there will be you know there's there's the the court that says there will be so much ai generated content that when AI rescrapes whatever it rescrapes, it will actually be AI writing AI writing AI, AI learning writing, from AI. Yeah. Writing. So there will be no originality left in the world. But AI inception. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to be alive when that happens. <laughs> I think. I mean. I think we do have to acknowledge, though, that like while um, those problems have existed, this does proliferate them in a way that wasn't available. Like. People can forge images, but I know that I couldn't reliably forge an image before. <laughs> like I couldn't do something passable as a as an actual image forgery. Uh, but now suddenly tools like that are a lot more accessible, a lot more available uh, to the common user. I mean, it's the same thing with weapons. Like when weapons are only held by a few folks, they're they're only limitedly bad. Uh, but when you proliferate them across a whole population. <clears throat> So one of the things that will happen is that AI will generate a screenplay and then AI will make that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, that'll happen. You know, so yeah, we'll, sure. we'll, be, we'll be inundated with AI. <laughs> it's yeah. just, so we have, to we have to find some way to almost control it. Will we be punished by Google and others for using AI-based content? No. They've, mm -hmm. they've said that as long as it's interesting, yeah, yeah. useful, and um, yeah. I mean, I've I always mean, felt about SEO stuff. If it's entertaining, educational, um, and useful, then you're, it doesn't matter whether it's AI generated or not, it will yeah. be indexed by Google. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, Google has its own AI that it's uh, had for a long time, but they're trying to commercialize it. And um or consumerize it. Um, I think it would go against against who they are as a product to start penalizing <laughs> the thing that they're really good at. Um, 
but yeah, they have said that like if it's if 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 they detect a lot of AI um, content in a piece, but it actually is really good content still, then it's going to be elevated just like any other content. So, sure. I think is the right answer. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of paranoia about that. Um, there's no evidence that it would penalize you if you're producing genu genuinely useful content, which is relevant and everything. But mm -hmm. I have that paranoia as well that um, I think... For example, ChatGPT always concludes with the word overall or something. It always <laughs> says the same word. And I always remove that in case Google makes uses that as a clue. But there is no real evidence. It just feels like you might get penalized. It feels like cheating, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it does, but you can also ask ChatGPT to, to write in the tone of voice of a human. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. if you if you that's why we have tone of voices. And we and one, one of the things that I use it for as well particularly my own plugin, because obviously I've got instant access to it and millions of words, is mm -hmm. translation. You know, I, I can say, here's this paragraph, write this in French, or write it in German, or write it in mm -hmm. Hungarian. That's nice, and, yeah. And it, it does it. So it's, you know, it's pretty useful for that kind of stuff. So it's it's multi-language, multi universal, and um, is a solution, uh, is a global solution, basically. And even yeah. Japanese, you know, it, it, it will... OpenAI is is great for languages yeah. as well. So yeah. it helps translation people, helps um, uh, understanding, uh, cultural understanding as well. You know, if say say I want to write a letter to my girlfriend who's Polish, but I want to write it in Polish, I chuck it into a rephrase <laughs> and say, write this in Polish, please. You know, yeah, yeah, and then get I, uh, in Polish as well. Yeah. Regarding uh, universities, um, I mean that's a little bit of my example. It wasn't it's was my my uh, my daughter's high school essentially, but not universities. But like they have had plagiarism detectors for a really long time uh, at universe. I I I used to teach, um, and um, plagiarism detectors have been around for forever, and they're going to continue to be that way. But uh, one thing I've heard more and more common from from teachers is that they won't be assigning essays. Um, to, to write uh, outside of the classroom uh, much anymore. Great um, idea. If you want to do a, an essay, it's going to be 30 minutes at your desk in the classroom, um, and, uh, and that's it, you know. Uh, no screens, no, no uh, mobile phones. I, I, I did install Microsoft Bing on my phone uh, because I got access to the, to the Bing AI bot, and I tried it out just this morning. Um, and it's really cool just having a little AI bot on my phone. Um, it, but um, if I'm taking a test, not so much. So but when I was at school, we didn't. I mean, we all our we didn't do this kind of. Um, you, you know, that you, you get assessed now. There's part that's like sixty percent or seventy percent of your your Sats or whatever it may be or your exams. We didn't do that. We we sat down. You know, I'm I'm old. So when I was at school, we did sit down for an hour. And write an essay on such and such. And that was yeah, it. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you got marked on. So maybe we're going back to the old school way of doing stuff because yeah. of AI. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. So next and last segment is: um, What is your best advice for new plugin shop owners who are considering uh, AI in one form or another? Um, Andrew. Train it on your documentation for a start. Write good docs and then train it on documentation. That will save you a lot of time in support. Um, to get rid of the 
what what some people regard as stupid questions. I don't think there's ever a stupid question in in WordPress, but you know, so to get rid of the the, the low level questions, let's say, low, low level, yeah. low, low hanging fruit. Get rid of it for that. Um, use it for writing better content to better describe your plugin solution, um, and also use it for maybe evaluating your plugin code as well. You know, certainly with OpenAI mm -hmm. Codex, you can throw it into there and say, you know, what mistakes have I made or can you re-examine this code? And it'll, it'll tell you where maybe you've um, left an open bracket or closed bracket or whatever, you know, it'll just, yep. or, or your syntax isn't quite correct or you've got a loop wrong, you know, specifically in WooCommerce, you know, Katie knows if you get a WooCommerce loop wrong, it's like a nightmare to fix it and mm -hmm. find it, you know. So you use it to your best advantage and, and, have no guilt about using it you know just use it mm. as another tool use it as we all use tools um and uh ai is a great tool to help you improve your business and your productivity excellent katie um my advice is to be positive and embrace it as a genuine opportunity to make your business more successful uh think creatively about the different ways because there are really a wealth of different opportunities um that you probably haven't thought of that you can incorporate into your processes and possibly even your future products as well um but don't use it as a sticking plaster for bad work. Don't use it to be lazy. Mm. It's only a tool. It's only a starting point. You still mm. need to uh, finish it off, put your own unique knowledge about your product into it and don't rely on it too much. It's all about getting the right balance. Excellent. Really good advice. Um, I think my best advice um, is to dig into the APIs because there's a lot of power in there from what I can see. And I do think a lot of the opportunity is being able to leverage them if at all possible in your products. Um, I don't want to call it a gold rush, but like essentially if your product it has a good solid use case, not like a tertiary, like this is just a marketing ploy kind of use case. Uh, if your product has a good use case for AI to be leveraged in the product itself, jump into the APIs, get familiar with it, see what you can do immediately because there is a lot of opportunity at the moment. Um, and if you get, get ahead of the game right now, um, then you might be beating out some bigger players, uh, honestly, because um, uh, it's harder to implement features like this in, in, uh, in the bigger products. Um, uh, there's, uh, it, you, you can be scrappy right now and get ahead of the game, so. Cool. Well, that wraps us up for today. This was a great conversation. Um, went in lots of really interesting dir directions. Um, Katie, do we have things lined up? We, we're actually a little bit behind still. Do we have somebody for next week? We do, don't we? We do. We have, and this is one of my favorite topics, marketing. And we have Alex Denning from Ellipsis, who's one of the right. top people in marketing. And also because he works with so many product businesses to do their marketing, he has some really great insights, as well as being a very thoughtful, strategic person. So he's very um, definitely someone to um, listen to next week. Absolutely. Uh, I love Alex. He's a great guy. I'm looking forward to that for sure. So, Andrew, thanks so much for being here. Everybody, do that fun YouTube stuff where you like hit the like button and the subscribe button and all that stuff. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the WP Minute Plus, deeper insights and conversations from around the WordPress community. If you're looking for our weekly newsletter and short form news podcast, head over to the wpminute.com slash subscribe. And if you want to support our efforts, join our Slack community for $79 a year at the wpminute.com slash support.